Are the Chargers done spending in free agency? And how would we feel if they did go into the draft with the needs they have a right tackle, right guard, another edge rusher? We're getting into all of that and more on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen today, as always, and make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we had a big question that me and David were just talking about, and that is, what if the Chargers are done spending? in free agency what if we don't see them make another move and if we do see them make another move what kind of move will that be and I think the next part to that is just how are we going to feel about certain positions if they go into the draft with what they have if they feel good about Trey Pipkins right and Storm Norton at right tackle if we don't see another move made at guard with really only Matt Filer and Brendan Hymas, an unproven commodity at that spot, and Edge 3, CB4, and other positions as well. And we also got to hear from J.C. Jackson for the first time, and I loved what he had to say. Very short and sweet, to the point, but we also found out how big of a recruiter Derwin James was, which I thought was pretty funny because it seems like he only came because of Derwin James. So we'll get into that and his thoughts on Brandon Staley and much more. But David, free agency... It's been a little, little weird. I mean, the Chargers got off to a hot start. We saw the big signings, and that's always how it starts, right? And now they're kind of in the period where they could go either way. They have okay amount of cap space at this point. Like, their cap space doesn't preclude them from making any moves. If you're looking at the cap right now, according to Daniel Popper, he thinks they have about $9.95 million in spending space, and that's him counting for in-season budget and also accounting for what they're going to have to spend on the rookies. And – you know, if you go to like spot track or something like that, they don't have certain ones of these deals in there. So like JK Scott, they don't have his deal or Gerald Everett totally in there as far as what the first year cap it's going to be. So I think that's a good number to go off of, but I think there's one thing, David, I don't think we're going to see a splash move at this point. I don't think we're seeing a, you know, Bobby Wagner or a Tyron Matthew walking through the doors. As much as I would love to see either one of those players put on the the lightning bolts and don the powder blue, I do not think that that's going to happen either. I just think that that ship has kind of sailed as far as the Chargers going out there and spending big money. I think they have already allocated the big money that they're going to you know push out to you know, the players that they intended to pay. You know the Khalil Max and the J.C. Jacksons and you know the defensive linemen that they brought in. I mean that's where their money was concentrated to. And I mean, you can't be mad about that. I think you love the moves that they made, the, how they spent their money, but that doesn't mean that you're you know, comfortable with the moves that they haven't made quite yet. Yeah. And I mean, the nice thing is, is like, even as going back to last year, right. They didn't sign Christian Covington until May. So that was yeah. after the draft, right. That was a very late signing. I'm not saying that that's going to happen again, but I think you can't close the door completely on free agency because even though we're saying like, obviously, yeah, the big moves are done, but like, there's still some big time names that are out there. I mean, we just saw Teron Armstead yesterday get signed, right. Probably the best left tackle on the market. And it took him till week two on midway through week two. 
right? And I mean, I didn't think it was actually that big at all. 15 million on average is way less than I thought that's what it was going to cost to get a premier left tackle in the NFL for five seasons, 15 million a year. But I think right now it's really, do you think you can see another, you know, a Gerald Everett signing? Do you think you could see another Odea Bushi signing? That was a late signing they had last year when you were wondering at the kind of the same time period, like, hey, what are the Chargers going to do at this position? Because they did let Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp and all those guys go. So that is the other thing, though, David. I mean, I do think that the Chargers will bring someone else in. I mean, yesterday it was J.K. Scott or for yesterday's show, right? Before that, they got Gerald Everett on Sunday going into Monday. So, I mean, we have seen them making smaller moves this week. I think we will see another, you know, maybe one or two smaller moves before we get to the draft. Yeah, in the beginning of free agency, we got to see gangster do-rag Tom Telesco, right? We got to see the guy that we have really have never seen before, the guy that was making the big moves and, and the big splashes, Smoking right? A yeah, cigarette. exactly. I mean, that iconic picture that everybody was posting. That after it's on Twitter made, if you guys don't know. If you're not on moves. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's on Twitter for sure. But now it's time for Coupon Tom <laughs> to make his arrival to make his presence felt here. He has signed a couple of other, you know, players throughout his tenure that have came in and provided some solid value for the chargers. And now it's time for him to look for those type of players, because there's still some spots on the roster that need to be added to. And the chargers still have some functional space to be able to add some players at some positions that, you know, are a little bit shallow at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, namely right guard and right tackle. And that's yeah. why, like, we are still holding out for an Odea Bushi signing, right? And, like, you have to think that deal is still going to get done pretty cheap. He came in last year under $2 million. You'd have to think he'd be down to potentially run it back for a similar amount this year and stay home and, and have a chance to kind of find redemption in a place where he knows he has a starting rule right off the bat. Well, bet on yourself, right? Go out there and perform, go play 15 games and then get paid the way you want to get paid. Like that's what you're going to have to do coming off a very serious injury. I mean, I think the betting on yourself thing is more like, hey, if you have an option to go three years somewhere for $30 million, but you think you're worth 15 to 18 like you do a one-year deal, you try to yeah. dip back in to get that, right? I mean, if he right. finds a better deal somewhere else, the Chargers are taking that risk every day because sure. he's not the type of player that's going to turn down, you know, a $5 million contract. Not that he's going to get that, but what I'm saying is, though, is it's not going to take a huge contract to bring him in from any yeah. team. So if they're going to yeah. give him substantially more by any means than the Chargers are, he would definitely probably go. So the Chargers, sure. you would hope, could bring him back on that hometown discount, a place where he only played a few games last year. But that would be a huge signing. And I think there's also some guys on the tackle market still that you would have to hope that the Chargers would even think about pursuing that probably wouldn't break the bank, right? You still have the Darrell Williams out there. You still have the Billy Turners out there. The offensive linemen have been making as much as I thought they would. So maybe there is still time to strike a deal with one of those guys before you get into the danger zone. That's something that I'm hoping for, for sure. I don't. And we just don't know if they want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't know what their uh, comfort level is or where they're at with their right tackle or their right guard position. Do they have confidence that, you know, Brendan Hymans is going to be able to come in and play now after pretty much redshirting his entire rookie season? Right. I don't know how you can really feel comfortable in that. And then on at right tackle, I know for damn sure that there are very few Charger fans that want to see the Chargers go into the draft with Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton as your right tackle options. That just makes me queasy. It makes me very uncomfortable. I want a more veteran presence there at right tackle. 
to, you know, go out there and protect Herbert. I mean, this is what we're talking. We're talking about your franchise quarterback here, your golden boy, your golden goose here. This is your Brinks truck. you got to protect him. you got to make sure and you get quality players to come in and take care of his other side. You love what you got on the left side and you love the other components of the line for the most part, but it is incomplete at this moment. And I don't know how you can go into the draft without at least bringing in a veteran. And that's why we wanted to also talk about kind of how we'll feel about some of these positions if they decide to go into the draft with who they have at this moment, because there's a lot of needs to have to talk about and a lot that you don't really think of right away, right? Like a running back two or talking about backup positions, like the fourth corner, which right now is Tavon Campbell. Yeah. Like, and yes, they're going to draft some of these positions, but how many guys are you going to feel good about them drafting with only one first round pick and then everything else coming at the third round or later? So we're going to talk about, you know, if it is the extreme danger zone, if you do go into the season with this right tackle position and what a, you know, Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins competitions look like and right guard and those other big time positions. Well, before talking about JC Jackson getting recruited by Derwin James and his first thoughts on Brandon Staley, because you can tell Brandon Staley is scoring a lot of brownie points with these free agents as well. But if you want a brownie batter protein bar, there's only one place to go and that's built.com because they have a brownie batter puff protein bar right now and that's what i love about bill bar is just the flavors that they have so many great flavors to choose from my favorites of course cookies and cream peanut butter brownie you can't go wrong there i mean the built puffs coming in hot though you have lemon dip cheesecake right you have great flavors like that the brownie batter you can even get a easter themed one a chirp flavored one right now if you go to built.com they always have a ton of specials going on and most importantly it fits on your diet as well they're packed with protein, with 17 grams of protein in a lot of the bars. And most bars have less than four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. But that only means something if they taste good enough to eat. And that's what I love about protein or built bars specifically, because they're not like other protein bars that taste waxy or chalky. Everybody's had that protein bar. With built bar, you're getting something that tastes great and also fits on your diet. You can get that little cheap meal to get you through the day without having to you know, eat something that tastes like cardboard. And that's what I love about it the most. You could even get salted caramel, though, cherry barcia, another great flavor, mint brownie, so many good flavors to choose from. You can get a mix box where they'll let you try a bunch of the different flavors and find out which one is your favorite. But my favorite thing to do is to save money. And right now, since you listen to this podcast, you can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, David, well, I think that the logical next place to go with this conversation is just what our kind of, of, you know, panic level is going to be at if the Chargers stop making moves at these positions, decide to go into the draft with the current needs that they still have. And, I, you know, we talked about right tackle a little bit, and I wonder if other teams feel this way too, right? Because every team has to feel like they have these holes. But to hear every team and about every team, make sure to hit up the Locked On NFL Draft. It's the place that I go to hear about all of the latest things going on around the NFL world and to try to just get out of my Chargers bubble a little bit and keep updated with everything going on. But right tackle, that's the one that feels like the most panic. That's the one that feels like you're hitting the alarm button just because it's so interesting with this team. Like It seems like they're so smart in so many levels, right? I mean, I think we doubted them a little bit just because it's like, hey, how could you go into last year with that defense and not know it was going to be a problem and think it was going to be, you know, much better than the defense that was near the bottom of the league. And then this year they go out and they go, oh, yes, we know the defense is a problem. We're going to bring in Khalil Mack. We're going to bring in J.C. Jackson. We're going to do all these things. And we're going to really attack and throw everything at that problem. 
And you can't figure out every problem in free agency. That's the thing, too. You can't just – you're not going to upgrade at every position of need. And some teams don't have as many glaring holes as the Chargers do where there's such a drop-off in talent, you know, from one starter to the next or from the starter to the backup in some of these instances. And I think right tackle, the biggest thing is, David, is like even though the Chargers have shown to, you know, be aggressive and to really, you know, kind of be able to recognize where some of those problem areas are, you still have the Brandon Steely, Kenneth Murray thing from last year with, you know, him saying he's the best man coverage linebacker putting him in when it should have been Kazir White, obviously. And then you have, you know, other situations like, you know, Tom Telesco several times going into seasons where, like, they can't go into it with just Sam Terry. They can't go into it with just Storm Norton backing up, you know, Brian Bulaga last year. And then they did it. So I think that's why the panic level would be high where it is. I like to think that, you know, you can get average starting play from a Storm Norton or a Trey Pipkins. That's not out of the question, but that seems kind of far-fetched from what we've seen as a whole. Well, yeah, Storm Norton gave up 60 pressures last year and got abused on several different occasions, and the pass rushers in the AFC West got better. The Raiders got Chandler Jones now on the other side of Max Crosby, so they have two animals that are going to be attacking. You know what Rashawn Slater brings to the table. You know he's an all-pro. You love it. But Storm Norton, you know that he struggled mightily, and as far as Trey Pipkins is concerned, if you saw the Trey Pipkins that you saw twice last year, then you got to love it and you got to feel great about that because that's a person and a version of Trey Pipkins you've never seen before. But that's also the reason why it gives you pause as well, because before those two games, Trey Pipkins was not a player you could feel comfortable even putting on the field as an extra blocker. They took those right. responsibilities away from him. So which player is going to show up? I mean, can we trust that this new offensive line coaching staff is going to be able to continue the development that we saw from him last year? I don't know. Who who knows, right? Nobody knows that yet. But that is the biggest gigantic red flag. The, the sirens are, are going off, and it should be going off in the Chargers organization, too, in their front office. They can't be comfortable at right tackle with Justin Herbert as their quarterback. That's the reason, that's one of the main reasons why the Chargers failed against the Raiders is because they got absolutely abused on the right side. They can't go into another season with that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you just know Storm Norton's not good enough. Like, I mean, yes, he could get better, right? And it may be marginal, but like, still not good enough. And you can't just keep sending that dude out to these wolves and expecting better results when you've already seen what it looks like. So I think that's the hard thing. And you just wish that you want at least one more face, or at least some different competition. Like yeah. these dudes were both competing last year to be the backup for Brian Bulaga. Get a different face in there. Please. And at least let somebody else have a chance to take that position, you know, and getting it in the draft, which is what we're talking about now, seems unlikely. Even at 17, it, it's hard to imagine a plug-and-play starter. Like Trevor Penning is fine, yeah. but – do you want that? I don't I'm not comfortable with him going up against Chandler Jones and Randy Gregory and, you know, Max Crosby and Bradley Chubb right now. And that's just because no rookie should have to unless you're like Rashawn Slater and that good. But I think it's the same thing for right guard, which right guard seems a little bit more fillable, right? Yeah. Like in the draft, yeah. if you have to, but you still don't want to go into the draft needing a right guard, which is why we would be such big advocates of signing Odea Bushi. Yes, please. I mean, I really loved what, what he brought to the table in the five games that he was able to play last year. He played at an above average level. I think you put on the tape and you see it. You know, he was a mauler in the running game. He didn't give up a sack uh, in pass protection. He was 
rock solid there and a player that you can really see was really coming into his own in the league. It's like it took a couple of years for him to find his footing, find his bearings, and he was really looking like he was excelling and he found a place on this Chargers offensive line. I think the reason why you feel a little bit more comfortable with right guard is who you have playing next to him. You got an all pro center in Corey Lindsley. That's the commander. That's the middle of your offensive line. So I think that makes you feel a little bit better about the situation, but right guard has to be addressed in the draft. I like to see them bring in another player and also another veteran too. I think it's just, you want to create as much competition at on, on the offensive line as possible. Just let the best player win. Yeah. I mean, I think the hard thing is like we've talked about before, like we haven't seen Tom Telesco draft many good offensive linemen. I think there's yeah. one, and I think his name is Rashawn Slater. I think, you know, the grade for like a Scott Questenberry is incomplete. He was fine when we saw him. I think that's one of the bigger wins yeah. for Tom Telesco. So maybe they can agree. bring in a reserve guy that could potentially develop into something. But at the same time, it's hard to imagine they're going to get a starter that's going to come in after the third round. And then at that point, you're putting all your eggs and getting one of those dudes in the first round. And that just seems unlikely. There's only so many guys. But I think corner four edge three kind of fall into that same position where it's like maybe they can find a fourth corner that can come along third round or later. But at the same time, it's not one of their biggest needs. So you doubt they use a first round pick on it still, but brand Staley obviously loves corner. I think we're going to see multiple guys maybe thrown at that so that those guys can battle it out in the draft, but edge three, I do wish they would have gone out there. Right. And, and found somebody found a veteran because right now it's Cleo Mack. It's Bosa. And then it's just Chris Rump. And I just wish there was some rotational, cheaper edge rusher they could have filled out because that's another thing. It's like Chris Rump is a fourth-round pick. Are you going to be able to find a third-round pick or later this year that's going to be able to come in on meaningful snaps and get a pass rush? It's hard to say. That is a risky thing to do because you're putting so much on Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, both who have at least a little bit of injury history. And then there's linebacker, Dave. And that's the hard thing is like, I would feel kind of uncomfortable with this linebacker group going into the draft right now because I'm not sure any of them are good. I think Drew Tranquil is pretty good and like, you know, maybe average, maybe, you know, he could be average, could be a little bit above average, I think. But that's about it. I mean, there's a lot of unknown with Nick Neiman and Amen Bogmamika, our boy Bong, and Kenneth Murray has been bad. But it's like I, I would feel so much better going into the draft if we had just, you know, seen the Chargers re-sign Kazir White. Which – Honestly, is is a head scratcher to me, Daniel. I don't understand why the Chargers are averse to bringing him back. I thought he was their best linebacker. He was. That was on the team last year. I mean, the stats. And not just that, but one of the better linebackers in the league last year. Like, yeah, he was an above average, good, really good linebacker for you know by any standard. Well, yeah, look at all the things that measure the linebacker. Can he cover? Yeah, he can cover. Can he tackle? Yeah, he had 140 tackles last year. I mean, can he you know, get interceptions? Can he force fumbles? Yes, yes, and yes. All those boxes are checked. So I, I'm, I still just don't understand why the Chargers haven't made that move. Maybe they have other moves in mind, but they, ha- they better because you're going into the season with Kenneth Murray, who had a, a huge down year and would look very uncomfortable in another new defense. Cole Christensen is a special teams player. Damon Lloyd's another, you know, special teams player. I can't, I mean, those guys aren't even going to make the the roster. So those don't even matter for anything. I think, I mean, another thing is running back too, right? That's the only one we haven't talked about right now. It's just like, it's tough because it's like, we know there's good running backs coming up, you know what I mean? But it's like the Chargers are over their last two at taking those dudes in the draft with Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree from what we've seen so far. So like, 
I still feel kind of uncomfortable, but like I also don't want them to spend money in free agency if it's not if it's going to be on running back as opposed to obviously one of those positions that's a much better need. Hopefully they just get it right this year. They can find a cheap running back in the draft can, that can be that compliment to Osnack, or that's definitely what both of us would yes. prefer. But there's one guy I'm not worried about, and you know, position group I'm a lot less worried about now, and that's corner because of J.C. Jackson and what he's going to bring to the table for the Chargers. Our A-plus signing from yesterday's free agency grades, if you didn't get to see that show. Very excited about that. So we'll talk about what J.C. Jackson had to say in his first press conference coming up after this and why Derwin James was such a key recruiter in that process. But I do want to tell you guys about a new product that I've been loving lately, and it's Athletic Greens, something I've been taking every day to help me and my overall health. And it's something that I wanted to see what all the hype was about. I had seen a lot of people on Instagram and on social media taking it, and I wanted to see what it was about because, I mean, my fiance is always trying to make me take vitamins. It's so hard to keep up with everything and make sure I took, you know, all of these things in one day. There's one place where you can get all of it in just one scoop, put it into water, and you drink it. Super, super easy. It takes like literally 10 seconds, and you have all the vitamins and everything you need for the day. I mean, I started taking Athletic Greens just because I wanted to see what it was about. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. And for every purchase, we donate to organize, they donate to organizations that are helping to get nutrition food, nutritious foods to kids in need, including no kid hungry. So obviously anything going to a great cause like that is something that you want to support. But the nice thing about Athletic Greens and one of the great things is it fits on pretty much any diet, right? It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It fits in on all of those things. And all you have to do is take it once a day and you're crossing off most of the you know nutritious things that you need. You don't have to take a bunch of different smoothies or shakes or giant vitamins that you can barely swallow. But right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop of a cup of water every day. That's it. And that's really all it is. I mean, you literally just scoop it into water, you drink it, you're good to go for the day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL network and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, David. Well, we got to hear from J.C. Jackson, finally, a guy that, I mean, it seemed like Brandon State was almost making him borderline uncomfortable with all the nice things he was saying about him in that clip on social media where, you know, real. <laughs> it's going to be on the all-in episode. I think it was like March 28th or something. I'm yes. excited to watch that. I'll definitely be trying to tune into that. But, like, anyone I feel I can, you know, can think about a time where somebody's just, like, heavily complimenting you and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, thank you so much. But, like, Brandon Staley <laughs> is just a different type of dude. But, I don't think it was Brandon Staley that brought <laughs> J.C. Jackson to the Chargers, David. I did think one of the interesting things he said in quotes that we got from Chargers.com, I don't think they actually put the video out, but there was a lot of good stuff that he said. And one of the things was, is like we were wondering, you know, why the money is what it was. It seemed like he was dead set, David, on coming to L.A. the entire time. Like it didn't seem like he ever really gave another team a thought at all. He said, I was telling my agent, we're going to L.A. I was telling him that from the very beginning. Yeah, he said, hey, you know, with his relationship on Derwin James, he said, we go way back. We linked up at the Pro Bowl. We were talking to each other every day. He was like, hey, I'm going to get you to come up here. You need to come up and ball with me. It happened. It's crazy. I'm excited, and I know that he's excited. You got to love the fact that Derwin James, one of your best players, is out there 
recruiting other top players in the league. But that I think that also just goes to show you that Derwin James is all Chargers, man. He, he's trying to stay here. He knows sure. that his long-term home is with the Bolts, and you got to love that. But also, you got to love bringing in one of the best corners in the league, a guy that is going to help you lock down a division chock full of crazy wide receiver talent. Yeah, and it seems like more and more every year. And you, you know, you go through these receivers in the draft and you see how talented these guys are that you want the Chargers to go get potentially. And you're like, oh, goddamn, these guys are going to be running through secondaries, you know, the next couple of seasons. So, like, it is something that you, I mean, you need to have a lot of firepower to fight that kind of firepower. But he also said that, I mean, Derwin James is the reason he games and having that relationship with Derwin James, first of all. And then it's a young and upcoming team. I just felt like the right move for me and my family. But like he was, he was going to LA one way or another. Thank God he wanted the Chargers and not the Rams. But it does seem like another thing that helps in the recruiting process is the chance to play with Brandon Staley, which I know a lot of people, you know, might be like, well, Brandon Staley was just on one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. So why would a bunch of defenders want to go play for that dude? And I think the thing is, is the NFL is such a small circle, right? That these yeah. dudes talk all the time. And like when you see things like Urban Meyer, right? Let's look at that. And, and all the crazy things that have come out during his tenure with the Jaguars, a very short tenure. Looked crazy. like, you know, you're taking from examples for 10 years plus, not knowing who Aaron Donald was, maybe the most damning thing, but like just super crazy stuff that was happening there. Kicking former Chargers kicker Josh Lambeau, telling him to, you know, make all his kicks. But it makes you so much more appreciative of someone like Brandon Staley, who is so transparent, who isn't afraid to kind of speak up on the big issues and who guys want to play for. And I think that is something that even with, you know, the defense, even if he wasn't just coming to try to, you know, have a defensive coordinator or defensive minded head coach in this case, that's going to get the most out of him. When these dudes are all at the Pro Bowl, they're talking to each other, right? And oh, JC yeah. Jackson and Derwin James are talking to each other. And like, he, I'm, it's probably sounds something along the lines of like, Dude, you, you wouldn't believe the kind of like culture and kind of things that we're building over here, like and what, how fun it is to kind of play for someone like this and someone who's going to also try to get the best out of you as well. When talking about Brandon Staley, he said, Coach Staley, I've never met a coach like that before. His energy, his spirit, he's a player's coach. He just brings that energy to the team. And I think probably a lot of Chargers players would echo that sentiment. Well, I mean, just th think about the source material that he has to work with, right? His head coach before this was Bill Belichick. And of course, Bill yeah, Belichick is very stoic and no very emotionless. He does not give you very much at all. That is not who Brandon Staley is. He's the complete opposite. He brings you that energy. He, you, he cares about you. He communicates very well. He's confident. He's aggressive. He's the type of guy that you would just get to know on a personal level outside of the football and all the things that he's going to bring to you as a football coach. I think that's just what's endeared him to everybody in the organization and all the players. And that's why the players are talking to other players saying, Hey, you're going to love playing for the chargers because this guy that we have leading us, he's the right leader. Yeah, for sure. And he did have a relationship before with Chris Beatty, the wide receivers coach. So that's something that definitely, you know, said made him feel more comfortable just having a familiar face but it is the relationships that these players have with each other i mean we think we've seen another week too like the nba right where it's like these dudes are hanging out and they're plotting right and they're like where are yeah. we gonna go next yeah. try to build something special and that seems like at least in some to some extent what happened here and i think when you have a, a coach like brandon staley who kind of embodies all things you know aggressiveness and when somebody comes into a meeting room and you have a list of notes like he had on him and and 
really, you know, showing you why you think he's a great player. Like, I'm sure that didn't come out before the contract because it's like, hey, you just said all those things. It sounds to me like I'm worth like 30 plus million a year, right? <laughs> especially the, the championship player part of it. Right. But to have a guy who's going to talk to you like that, and it, I mean, I could be way off base, but like, I don't think Bill Belichick is going around asking how people's families are and stuff. It was another cool video today from the Chargers social media of just all the little kids of the free agents running around, right? And it does seem like those relationships, Brandon Staley told us, it's going to take some time. Seems like some of those are paying off for him right now. As Joe Judge would say, hey, I have ex-players calling me all the time. They're telling me they really want to come back. If it wasn't for the money, they'd totally be back here. A lot of Chargers external, you know, internal free agents that are left probably thinking the same thing. But one of the funniest things I thought from it was, you see, I mean, like I said, short, sweet, to the point. He was asked what his biggest strengths were, you know, and how uh, for one of the best players in the game, he said, being able to intercept the ball, being able to catch interceptions. (laughs) And and if that wasn't enough, he asked if it was his ability to gather interceptions was due to athleticism or coverage skills. He said pretty much both, but I would say most of it is athleticism, like, he also said when he was asking you know, kind of what he wants to be, he's like, I want to live up to being the best ever. I want to be Mr. INT. And like, I love that persona. Like yes. this, you know, he's not saying like, Hey, I want to, you know, be a team player, you know, and you need that too, obviously, sure. but he's not saying that he's saying like, no. I want to go out there and I want to pick the ball off. I want someone to think they can throw it at me. And I want to show them why they're so wrong and never disrespect me like that again. I want to be Mr. INT. And obviously I'm saying these things, not him, but like, that's just the vibe I'm giving off. And I love it. Like it's all alpha, all everything. I'm the best. I'm going to shadow Mike Evans, right. And Stefan Diggs and all these dudes. I'm that guy. And I just love that personality, which seems to just ooze out of JC Jackson. Well, yeah, absolutely. You love that swagger and you have to have that confidence. You have to be playing cornerback specifically. Absolutely. That's a very, very difficult position. And it's really measured on how much you don't fail. I mean, because that's really what it is. You're going to fail at that position. But I think the comments that really it's it's failing and still being able to come back the next play and still believe in yourself that much that even though somebody just torched you, it's like. You know, hey, I I took a wrong step or something. Like, you're never gonna do that to me again. Yes. Like after you fail, and like it just seems like nothing's gonna keep this dude down. Even if he has a bad game, he's still gonna line up on the next rep. Like, hey, I know you did that, but I'm still the best corner on earth. And like, if he throws it to you again, I'm gonna intercept it. <laughs> you, you you got that one, but that's all you're gonna get. And yeah. I think that mentality was backed up when they asked him about Devonte Adams and the potential of going up against him. And he said, "They better be ready for us. I don't want to talk about him." But they better be ready for us. So it just let it just echoes that confidence, that that alpha dog mentality. That I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're Devonte Adams, Jerry Rice. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to lock you up, and that's the end of it. You throw at me, I'm taking the ball away, and that's what you got to look forward to. Andy just seems like a dude that would hold a grudge. You know, like I mean, this yeah. is also the dude that had the gall to say that he wasn't afraid of Justin Herbert. Right? This is that dude who gave the Chargers the ball and Bar material going into that game. And now he's on your side. It's like, hey, I don't, I don't like that he's saying, I don't like that he's not afraid of Justin Herbert. Let's, let's get him over here. You can't pick off Justin Herbert yes. anymore, right? You can't. Hey, you know that's galaxy brain stuff. Justin Herbert can't throw interceptions to J.C. Jackson if you have J.C. Jackson on the Chargers. Uh, you know, training camp might be a different story, but I mean, that dude is just, I think, going to make so many other people better. And I think oh, just yes. having that alpha, like he is CB one. He lives it. He talks it. He does it. And like. He seems extra motivated now by the Patriots not signing. He said he was shocked and he was stunned 
that the Patriots wouldn't bring him back. And how could you not be? 17 interceptions the last two years, 25 career interceptions. An ridiculous numbers. Nobody puts those numbers up. And he's the only one that puts those kind of numbers up. But like there are guys who leave, you know, Bill Belichick and they don't become the same thing. I mean, it's hard not to bet on this dude and just believe this dude when he says it. Cause like, first of all, he's done it and he's done it for a couple of years now. It's not just like a one year wonder, two picks, three picks, one pick, nine picks, right? No, it's nine picks, eight picks. Like he, he, the dude just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Five and four seasons. I mean, this dude 25. has yeah, double digit interception in a season kind of potential. So yeah, I, I, I liked getting to see what his quotes were and, and kind of, you know, hearing it in my mind. Now I thought he would answer it. Just because that is a dude that like is going to be so exciting to watch. And we're very excited to see what that looks like. But we are also very excited to turn the show over to you guys tomorrow because we're going to do a fan mail Thursday. And you might be wondering, why are you doing Thursday? It's fan mail Friday. Fan mail Thursday doesn't even really go. Well, the thing is, is we are having the Athletics Daniel Popper on Friday show. I know one of your favorites, one of our favorites coming on the show to break down the offseason to break down free agency, tell us what's next for the Chargers. And tomorrow we want to at least get you guys in because it's been so crazy. We haven't had a time where we could really get your guys' questions on the show. So get them in. If you want to call into the voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924. And you can also answer to any of our posts. We'll put a post out tomorrow on at LockedOnLAC on Twitter where you guys can ask us your questions for the show and we'll read them on the show. If you guys do leave a voicemail, try to keep it short, 30 to 45 seconds. But you can also comment in the YouTube comment section. You can go on our Instagram page at Lockdown Chargers. You can comment on our Facebook page at Lockdown, the Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. And you can hit us up anywhere to get those questions in. But we appreciate you guys listening to this show. To make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We very much appreciate it. And it gets us through a lot of very very long nights but we will be back with you guys tomorrow for fan mail friday in the latest chargers news but until then take it easy and go bolts